0: And you and your children and grandchildren must fear the Lord your God as long as you live. If you obey all his decrees and commands, you will enjoy a long life. Listen closely, Israel, and be careful to obey. Then all will go well with you, and you will have many children in the land flowing with milk and honey, just as the Lord, the God of your ancestors, promised you. Listen, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength. And you must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commands that I am giving you today. Repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them when you are at home and when you are on the road, when you are going to bed and when you are getting up. Tie them to your hands and wear them on your forehead as reminders. Write them on the doorposts of your house and on your guests. This is the word of the Lord. Shema Yisrael Adonai Elohenu Adonai Eha Be Ahavtah and Adonai Elohecha Behol Nevaha Uphol Nabshecha Uphol Mehodecha
1: good morning church what you just heard in those Hebrew words on that summer bumper are what we're going to talk about today I'm Sharon Anderson one of the pastors here we have been going through a wonderful series in the book the books of the Old Testament called the Pentateuch the first five books of the Bible and we've been using this book called beginnings we're getting near the end week seven if you've been reading along how's it going you made it through numbers, we're into Deuteronomy, and we have one more week to go. When, if, by, by next Sunday, I hope you can say at least part of this. We've read five books together, 227 pages, thousands of years of history that we've been in together. And today we look at Deuteronomy. So before I talk about this scripture, I want you to pray with me, would you? Because it's God's spirit that makes his word alive. Oh, Lord, we thank you. Thank you for gathering us as a family of families. And thank you that your word, which you make fresh for each generation, is before us today. And we invite your Holy Spirit to take what is said, what we hear, and put it deep into our hearts that we might know you more. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So if you've been reading the story... And I know a lot of our Kairos kids know this story, the big God story. We've been walking with the people of Israel from the time they left Egypt until right now. And the part we're going to look at today is this place in the narrative. They had been with Moses for over 40 years. That's a lot longer than most of you have even understood, young kids. 40 years is like ancient, right? Until you're my age. But... 40 years in the desert with Moses and he has been teaching them and guiding them and leading them and now they're right on the edge of what God has promised. They're right on the edge of this new land. And there's a brand new generation, a brand new group of people who don't remember what it's like to have slavery in Egypt, who have a faint recollection perhaps of when God had come down on Mount Sinai with the fire and the smoke And given them the commandments. But this is a new generation. And so these men and women, the Bible tells us there were probably over 600,000 men plus the women and children. Almost a million people. And they need to be reminded. God's got a story. God's got something for you as you go forward. So we're going to look at that today in our uh, sermon and in the text. You know, all this week I've been thinking about this because generations are important to us, aren't they? You can tell a lot about people by the stories they tell and the things that are repeated over the generations. And I remembered something my grandfather had written down and I want to share a little bit of it with you. My grandpa uh, immigrated to the United States from Norway. He and my grandma were married there. He came over first to try to earn some money. He was a quiet and studious man but not well-educated. He'd only had up to eighth grade education. But all his life he was a reader and a learner. And when he came to the United States, into this uh, western Washington to be near some other family, the job he took was in a logging camp. My grandpa was a logger. He worked hard every day in that logging camp. And he was encouraged to at least have work that was steady. But it was a struggle as well. And during that time, even before my grandmother came and before they started to have their children, my mother included, he kept a diary. And he wrote in this diary just some of the goings-on of his life in that logging camp. But one of the things he wrote is something that I want to repeat. I want to repeat it for me and for my children's children as well, because it reminds me of what's important, the stories that need to be told. So even though these words on the screen aren't going to be the words of Scripture, they're the words of Severt Torset. Yeah, that was his name, Sievert. Translated from the Norwegian by my uncle and given to me and to my children. Listen to what my grandpa said. The burning question for me has remained. How can my earthly occupation be reconciled with my heavenly call? Three years have passed since I came to the U- USA, and most of that time I have spent in the woods. Is this the place that God wishes for me to be? How shall I live so that my life doesn't become a wasted failure? That's a question we often ask ourselves. And then he writes I shall attempt to tell what release I have received from this question. Jesus has said of himself, While I am in the world, I am the light of the world. And we have received this command from him to be the light of the world. Do they in the logging camp not need light? I loved it. I, I, there was so much in there, I could have read a whole passage of it, but it's too much for this morning. It was a, this is a story that was passed from me, from him, to my mother, to me, to my children, and now to my grandchildren. Something that says, God's word is applicable where you are right now. This picture you'll see shows them... Um, A picture of my mom, Sievert's the one sitting there. You can probably tell the dad there and his children that were born here in the United States. You know, each generation has something to share with the other. And you probably have ancestors, grandparents, maybe great-grandparents that shared a story with you. We don't have time this morning to share the story, but I want you to think of the name of at least one of your ancestors. Maybe it's a funny name like my grandpa, Sievert. Sievert. Do you have a name of a grandparent? Turn to somebody else and tell a a name of a grandparent that's told you something that has been of value in your life. So turn, turn to somebody sitting next to you. Who's a grandparent you had? Just share their name. Kids, who are your grandparents? You can tell somebody next to you, too. You know, names reminds us of stories and I hope you're thinking of some stories even as you said those people's names, we together can tell a lot about our own families, about our churches, about our communities, Probably the stories we tell and the words that are remembered. That's what happens in a generation. We're shaped by this. My grandpa was shaped by being an immigrant. Each generation has a different experience makes things a little different for them. You've probably seen this before, but I'm just going to review briefly some of the generations. And maybe we have six generations here. I'm not sure, because that first generation, uh, the greatest generation, is, is f- f- fading, right? <laughs> but. Let's take a look at these. These are some of the generations, and when we talk about being a family of families, this is what we are. The greatest generation, those born between 1901 and 1924, sometimes called the GI generation, because it was a time when the war was the Great Depression and World War II, and things were hard. There was sacrifice, frugality, and people learned to work hard and hold on to things. And then the silent generation, which we sometimes call the builders, those born between 24 and 1945. This generation, many of us who are, many who are here, came of age during the war. They worked hard. Individual accomplishments and making sense of life post-war was really important, as was family. And then there are the baby boomers, of which I claim to be one that spike in births after World War II, a whole generation and a big generation that grew up to be the radicals of the 60s and 70s and then the yuppies of the 80s and now the old people of the 2000s. That's the baby boomers. And for those of you who are younger than baby boomers, it's like, I've heard enough about baby boomers, right? Because then we have Generation X. Yep, there we go, right here. Born between 64 and 76. Sometimes this generations called latchkey kids because they many times were left to kind of raise themselves their parents were off doing their own things and they were experiencing life on their own they experienced the water grade crisis the energy crisis and they learned to not trust government or people (laughs) older than them and a little skepticism but yet optimism came into their lives and then there's generation y the millennials Oh, yeah, this is another generation, which sometimes you hear negative things about, but each one of these generations is important. These were born between 77 and 95. My kids are all millennials. Our kids are millennials. And they were often raised by parents, and I hope this wasn't us, who sheltered them, who did everything for them, who told them they were the best thing in the world. But they did learn optimism and diversity. Those are the positive things came with that generation. And those of you who were born after 1996, raise your hand if you were born after 1996. This is a wonderful generation. And it may be another name for them after this. This is the I generation. Or Generation Z. Those who grew up in a completely digital age. They have never known not being connected across the world. That is their, what they know. They learned that... Everything's available to them. Technology shapes so much of what they are. These, each generation has something important they learn from their experience, shaped by the things that happened around them. And yet, is there something that for every one of those generations that could be said is true? Is there something that we could say we're going to pass this on to the next generation, whatever their. What year they grew up. We're going to pass something on to them. Is there something that's worth repeating from generation to generation? And that's what today's text is. You heard Pastor Nancy refer to it already. It gives us a clear message. It says, this is important. And this was important for Moses to tell that generation and for us to hear again today. If you do have this Bible with you, you can open to page 283 because that's the text we're going to be looking at, or in your own Bibles in, in Deuteronomy chapter 5, it, all the way through Deuteronomy 6 9. You know, we might say that what we're reading here is a change in generation, right, in this Deuteronomy 6. There was the desert generation, right? Those who grew up in the desert. They knew what it was to go out and get manna. They saw God produce water from the rock. That was a generation of the desert, but they died off. And now this new generation is here. We might call them the promised land generation or the conquest generation. A new generation that needs to hear again what was really important when Moses first received it from God. And so the whole book of Deuteronomy is what Moses is saying. "I heard this from God, and now I want to remind you, you, this new generation, I want to remind you of what God is saying it 's interesting if you notice this, and Bible scholars have, that it 's kind of set up like a treaty that a, that a, um, a sovereign might have over his subjects it 's set up as, it introduces Moses as the representative that will be able to speak for God. It reminds everybody, the whole book of Deuteronomy reminds people, this is what God's done for you. And then it says, and therefore, this is what God calls for you to do. These are the requirements of you of being in covenant with him. And then next week, Pastor Mark will be talking about what it means to blessings and curses, things that will bless your life and things that might harm your life if you follow them. Today, the whole theme of Deuteronomy is, is... picked up in that wonderful scripture that we uh, referred to already. Hear, O Israel, listen. You know probably that that is called the Shema. And when we were listening at the very beginning, you were hearing that in Hebrew. Shema means, hear, listen. I, w- I imagined even this week, if Moses was speaking to that many people without amplification I, I don't know how he did it but maybe he shouted and they were saying hear O Israel this is important listen listen to me Even today, this Shema is repeated twice a day. You may know this by Jewish believers because it's so much a part of who they are. And it's a part of who we are today. The Israelites who were standing there on the edge of this new land, they needed to hear it again too because they were going into a place where there were all these different gods. They come out of Egypt. Did you know that in Egypt they had almost 2,000 gods with names? You think we have a lot to learn in confirmation. Wow. Can you imagine Egyptian confirmation having to learn the name of two thousand gods? And so they, they were leaving that in Egypt. They were going to a new land where they were mixing up all kinds of different gods, and they needed to be reminded. And how does this start? It starts this way Hear, O Israel. Listen, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. He is the one and only God. It begins with reminding us to listen to who God is. Understand that you must know who God is. There's only one. And He's going to make Himself real to you as He did to the generation before you. There's one God. Hold to that one God. Hear, hear. Listen, Shema. And then He says... When you know this about this one God, you're called to love this God. To love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength. It calls for a whole life response. Heart, soul, strength, everything we are. All focused on love for God. Now we've heard that so many times. It's like, yeah, 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 I know that. Right? Love God. That's what we're all called to do. But that kind of love that we're hearing about in this uh, verse is not just emotion, like I feel good about God. It's wonderful to have that feeling. But this is love that is in action. Love that does something. Emotions and ethics together. So that when we say, I will love the Lord my God, it means I will Commit myself to what he says. This is how it's written in the scripture. Listen carefully, closely, Israel. Be careful to obey. And then later, you must commit yourself wholeheartedly to these commandments that I'm giving you today. They've got to be on your heart, not something just memorized in your head, in your heart, not something just etched on stone. The commandments, remember, were written by the hand of God in stone on stone. This was something that it needs to be etched deep in your heart that to love God means all of me responds to who he is. Now, I think this kind of obeying, this kind of committing is impossible unless we know we're loved. Think about why you tend to obey your parents or not obey your parents. I mean, There is a relationship that's there. Even, you know, I'm thinking of when my kids were teenagers, I think the relationship is what held it, even if they didn't want to be around me too much. (laughs) There was a love relationship because they'd seen what had been given to them by their parents. And so when we're called to love the Lord our God, it's because he loved us first. And so Moses reminds the people, do you remember how God loved you? Do you remember how He took you out of Egypt? Do you remember how He provided food for you? How He provided water for you? And how He's conquered some of the uh, enemies around you? He's made a way for you. Remember, God loves you. And so our response is to love Him in return. So love the Lord and then obey carefully. Obey it carefully because He's the one who gives us what is best for us. I sometimes think we don't understand that. Even in all, if you read through the rest of the book of Deuteronomy, there's a lot of guidelines and rules. God wanted what was best for his people. And so he gave them rules to follow. And he says, you're going you're to flourish in this new land if you'll live into what I have given you. And then the part we talked about today, Pastor Nancy and Pastor Mark. This needs to be repeated. Sometimes we get tired of repeating things, right? We say it again and again. We think, I've heard that already. But Moses is t- saying to all of these people, I want you to talk about it. I want it to be part of your life. Repeat it over and over again. And you know, we as parents or grandparents or those who have influence over children, we can't talk about it in a real way unless we're living it. Kids can see through that pretty quickly. You talk about the story of God. You talk about loving God. But if it's not real in your life, it's showed very quickly. So Moses is saying, I want you to impress this on your children. What are some of the things you impress on your children? I don't know. Anybody have something that you, like, this is a statement that comes from my generation that I always say to my kids. Anybody? What? 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 Say please and thank you. That's a good one. Impress on your children. What are some other things? Kids, what are some things you... Don't do as I say, do as I do. Yeah. <laughs> What's another one? Always do, your best. Always do your best. Kids, are there things that you hear your parents say all the time that you're like, I've heard that before? Because I said so. Because I said so. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good one. That's in a way what God's saying here. Because I said so those things that are repeated we hear them and they become part of who we are and Moses is saying these rules that I'm giving you this life that I'm giving you to walk with God it's got to be repeated it's got to be a part of the what you do every day it's got to be a part of when you go to bed when you get up in the morning I know one mom, um, it wasn't me because I'm not a morning person, but she would wake her kids up with singing, Rise and shine and give God the glory, glory. And I'd think, oh, (laughs) I don't know if I'd like that. But that's one way of making it a part of your everyday life, right? That we want to do it diligently. We want to do it constantly. We need to do it naturally. It has to fit us. But we also need to do it personally. So whoever you have influence on in your life, children and students and young adults, how are you impressing on them the ways of God? God tells us, I want you to hear. I want you to listen first. I want you to love me. And when you love me, it means you obey me. And when you obey me, you're going to repeat that. That's how you pass the generation from family to family. It's part of who we are and part of what we share. Now, I want to be clear when I say this because I don't think learning just goes one direction. I think our students and our children have things to teach this generation as well. Sometimes it's our children who remind us that faith is as simple as saying, yes, Jesus loves me. I'm beloved of God. Don't you love watching a child who has no no sense of that everybody in the world loves them. They're loved. That's a message we all need to hear. And our teens and young adults, they remind us that God is about being passionate about something in your world. God is about justice and God is about mercy and they remind us that we can live that way ourselves. So each generation has something to share with the other. God tells us this, to listen to love Him, to obey Him, and then repeat that again and again to the next generation. Now you may have had things you learned from your parents and grandparents, but maybe this is new to you and you haven't learned a lot about this, about what God says for all generations. You may be just beginning to know God and find out that there is this one God and what His calls for us to do. But this is one story that you can claim for your generation and for all the generations to come. Pastor Mark said it earlier, we need to hear it in fresh ways, but it's the same story. It's a repeat for a new generation. My little granddaughter Sonia, who's about, our granddaughter, who's about 18 months She learned baby sign, you know, too. And maybe some of your kids do. And we loved it because she often... What is this? More. And so when she does something fun, sometimes it's food, but sometimes it's when you're doing doing something fun with her, she'll just say, more, more, again, again. Like, down the slide, more, more, again, again, more, more, more. I think that repeating is kind of what God is calling us to do. More, more. And whether or not your children are asking you this... It's your responsibility as a parent, as someone who influences other children to give them more, more, more of the good things of God. Speak it verbally. Put it out in your house, it says. And even as this passage says, tie it to your hands. Wear it on your foreheads. And the Jewish people took that literally, right? They tied things on their wrists. They put things on their forehead. So they'd be reminded... Now, we may not do that today, but we are all called to share this with the people around us. The good news is we don't have to do it alone. That's why we're here together today. That's why we commit ourselves to a community of faith that says, we're going to do this together. Together, we're going to share Christian faith. I read this week that Christian faith, and this may be true, is just one generation away from extinction If you think of your own generation, wherever God has blessed or intervened in your lives, if you don't pass it on to the next generation, it dies. But we can do this together. We can practice the Shema together. We use that phrase around here, all ages, all growing, all the time, because it is important to pass it to a new generation pastor Nancy referred to this earlier and I'll show you on the slide that's what's on the wall as you go down the stairs and maybe you're looking at your feet when you go down but next time you go down those stairs look up look up and you'll see those words inscribed on the wall because they're that important to who we are I recently had a conversation with Meg a millennial in our church I learned from her but she spoke to me about something that's really important that we need to remember as we talk about generational passing things on. And that is sometimes we get so closed into our own experience that we can't hear something well from another generation. That we need to have messages that don't dismiss the other generation like been there, done that. Or you don't have any idea. That doesn't engage in learning, does it? But we can say, tell me more. We can have a space to have life-giving words, not to judge another group like, all those millennials, or, oh, those baby boomers. Let's learn from each other. Let's say the things that are important to repeat. Let's keep these words in front of us about loving God. Before we close today, I want us to read these together. And I want us to say them loud and loud. I want, if, unless kids can't read, just have your parents say it near, to, uh, close to you for those who have toddlers. Let's say these words together. The same words that Moses spoke to a generation as they were waiting for something new. He said, I want you to love the Lord your God and I want you to, hold it to obey it wholeheartedly and I want you to teach your children and repeat it again and again. So here are the words. Let's say them together. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength. And you must commit yourself wholeheartedly to these commands I am giving you today. Repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them when you are at home and when you are on the road, when you are going to bed, and when you are getting up. Deuteronomy 6, 4, and 6. These are the words that last whatever generation you're a part of. A builder, a boomer, a millennial, an iGen, a Generation X. These are words that last and hold for all of us. A story that Sievert-Torset told back in 1920 is true today because God's words are true we can hold fast to the things of God. And I pray that when we think about what shaped our generation, we would say it's this, that we love the Lord and we told our children to do the same. I want you to pray with me. Lord, we thank you for your word. And we thank you that when Moses spoke it then, It had something for that generation. And when we hear it today, it has something for our generation. Thank you for the truth of who you are, that your love is everlasting, and that when we're called to love you, it's because you want to bless us. Teach us your way, God. And may we repeat it often and well to those who come after us. In Jesus' name, amen.